If you run a business, when the unexpected appears, a new competitor, or even a global pandemic, will you be ready? Will your company be agile enough to adjust your processes and shift to new opportunities? Will your culture survive? Are you what Inception CEO Farzad Debachi likes to call future-proof? My name is Joan Hamilton, and I'm the Chief Content Officer at Inception. In this series of podcasts, Farzad and I are going to discuss the idea of digital transformation as the way to become future-proof. Farzad, let's start with something I, you and I have talked about, which is that the pandemic is really forcing a lot of business leaders to think about their processes, the way they've done things, and whether it's time to maybe make a change. So it's interesting. There is a... Um... There's a catalog I saw once from Westinghouse from the 1890s. And in the catalog, it talked about uh, shipping requirements and how do you pay for shipping and what happens if after you ship it, something goes wrong and so on and so forth. And it was fascinating because when I read it, it had the exact same notions that we have today. The idea is when you buy something industrial, when it leaves the warehouse, it is yours. And it no longer is responsibility of the maker to deal with it. And the shipper is the responsible party to make sure it gets there. And you know, the list went on and on and on and on. And I was fascinated by that because it's like, okay, I'm reading this, it's 2017, and this is 1890 something. And the notions of how business is conducted and who's responsible for what, when, and how does this happen are still exactly the same. Now, the difference is there is some things that have gotten to be faster, right? You got a phone, you don't write a letter of recommendation, you can pick up the phone and talk to somebody. But that speed, that change of speed with the phone, call it, you know, it's 1920s. And since then, really, there hasn't been any innovation of any kind. You and I do business the same way, literally, that's been around for you know, hundreds of years. Another thing I read recently is about uh, the start of civilization and actually tablets that we can find now from, I think it's about 7,000 years ago. The, tap, the majority of the tablets found have to do with business transaction and who owes what to whom. <laughs> <laughs> And literally, this is like hundreds of tablets they found. And same thing, accounts receivable, accounts payable. You know, if you think about that, from the dawn of civilization, the reason we came up with money to today, things have been done the same way. So what is it that you have to do to make sure that you're ready for, you know, a catastrophe like the pandemic? Is ultimately to be able to communicate um, and to be able to transact without being there you know, without the physicality of it, right? And that hasn't changed. That's what really what we want to change. The physicality of it used to be a tablet, and by that I don't mean a computer tablet, I mean a clay tablet. And then the physicality of it has to be this catalog that has the rules associated with it. And then the physicality was a fax machine. The physicality today, 69% of companies still print paper catalogs. So there's that physicality that's been around forever. You cannot be ready for a pandemic. You cannot be ready for a shock to the system if you deal in physicalities. Because what we've learned is, gosh, you may not have physicalities available. Uh, 
so that's my that's my number one sort of lesson learned it's even true for myself i am a office person you know and for all of my life i'm generally the first one in the office and last one out right if i'm not as i got older i got a little bit better of not being the first one in last one but generally i felt like office was it and if you asked me in on march 10th of last year well what are your feelings about people who work from home i would say ah bomb like you know that doesn't make any sense these people are only home because they want to take advantage of the fact that they are at home and they don't have to work as hard as other people that come to work and you know literally six months later i was sitting there trying to figure out what was i thinking right if you have a group of people as closely knit as you could who are on a journey together they're reasons for them to be physically right next to each other given the technology today has at the minimum massively diminished so taking advantage of that is a big deal and we've lived this i've lived this now and like truly it becomes weird is if you have a one hour commute you now really truly sit there and say does this really make sense for me to spend an hour going over there and an hour going back Right. Does, is this a relevant thing? Not right? to mention an hour getting ready to go take an hour commute. Yeah, right? exactly. Instead of rolling out of bed and into work. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, it is. It's been. Um, if it has been that sort of fundamental in my way of thinking about what happens day to day, and I've been, you know, one of the people who's been in the technology and software industry from the first day. So I can't imagine what it feels like to somebody who really hasn't been very, you know sort of technology savvy in business about what the ramifications of this are, right? Um, now, all of this is not to take away from the fact that there is a physicality associated with building things, right? So you gotta show up and you gotta build it, right? But outside of that, it's not clear that you need anything else, right? And I think a lot of people think about this as, oh, well, one, you know, you wonder why we didn't do this 100 years ago. The number one reason is logistics has been figured out, right? You can move physical goods amongst people extremely efficiently. Now that you can move physical things amongst people very efficiently, the notion of communication can be immediate. So now you truly can have collaboration at a much more efficient method than you had, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. So I think ultimately for us at inception, we want to give everybody the tools to be able to do as much of what they do every day without physical elements as possible. Farzad, you said something I'd like to go back to, which is the idea of the close-knit group. If you aren't together, how do you build that kind of closeness? So that's a great question, right? Because the notion of an office environment was the notion of bringing a bunch of disparate people in close physical contact so that they can collaborate. So now what we're saying is, can those people be close-knit but not physically next to each other, right? And I guess my view of it is, if you asked me a year ago, I would say no. You cannot have close-knit and not have physically be close to each other. And now what I've learned is, no, you can actually have that. Now, it is not easy in that more to the point of creating a community requires work. 
it just is very different than other ways, right? So we've got the water cooler conversation amongst you know random people that helped people get to know each other. So we have different means of when we're physically next to each other to be able to communicate non-verbally that sort of is all very interesting and important as human beings. So there's definitely challenges, but I think if you put your head down and you know made a an effort towards it, it's not complicated. So uh, I've told people the example of when we first uh, had to shelter at home at the inception, I started an everyday nine o'clock meeting with about, gosh, it was 12, 13 people out of the 30 people in the company. And we started those meetings just to make sure that everyone knows that everybody else is around and everybody else is around doing what they need to do. So we tried to create the notion of physical closeness, even though there was none. And then we augmented it with the storytelling. So, so we brought sort of the water cooler to the, to the meeting calls every morning. And in a weird way, I think that did more to create the culture and create closeness than I would have ever been able to do even at the office. Because at the office, the other thing that happens is that it's very easy not to be present. <laughs> I think some people look at all this stuff online that is easy not to be present, but it's actually the other way around. Because the office, you're always busy doing things. So setting up a meeting is very complicated. But if you don't have an hour commute each way and you're not taking lunch and you're not doing all this stuff, actually the notion of getting people together is a lot easier than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So then the question is, how do you use that time together to create a closer culture? I worked in media for many years and one of the things that we used to talk about was the idea that the national media created a sort of national campfire for everyone that, that you know, the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite or the New York Times, it created a set of facts that we all uh, consume together and we might have very different opinions and interpretations, but the fact that we were all looking at the same thing had a bonding experience to it that allowed us to communicate. And sometimes I feel that way with Zoom or with these digital technologies, that it's created a sort of campfire that we can all get around. Um, and it, it bonds us, even though we're each having our own unique experience with it. No, I, I think it's a great, great point. Um, if you go back to, there was a great uh, story of General Motors and how things went wrong. And, um, General Motors has its headquarters in these buildings in Detroit. There are five sort of round buildings next to each other. And famously, they have an elevator from the garage that goes to the top floor only. And the idea was the executives at GM would just take that elevator directly up, and then that was what it was. And interestingly, there was a lot of campfire conversation around the top floor amongst themselves, but they had no idea really what was happening in the rest of the company because that was a different elevator altogether, right? So. More to your point, culture is a notion of not only being around the campfire, but reacting to events together. And, and here's how my feeling has changed and my thoughts have changed. I used to think that the office was it because of that. But the office has so many physical limitations, actually, whereas you don't have that on digital Zoom or you know, conferencing because you literally can have 50 people around the campfire. Well, in the office, you can't have 50 people around the campfire. So, and 
you know, people get the digital rules pretty quickly. You don't interrupt, you know, you don't. So you actually have a means of communicating that was a lot harder in the old days. Mm -hmm. So having all hands meeting with everybody in the company, it's impossible almost to do it physically. But now having a meeting with 10 people or having a meeting with 35 people is actually the same essentially uh, cost. So right. therefore, you're much more casual about getting as many people together as you would like to get together. True. Now, you know, when you look at our product and you look at, at what, how it's designed to be used inside a company, in a way, it creates a campfire. Mm -hmm. It creates a centralized dashboard where suddenly everybody can get a sense of a lot of key metrics that used to live in this department or that department. I mean, that, that dynamic of bringing people together around a common set of data and, and then mining that data, massaging that data, looking for answers in the data. It, it seems like that's an element of the future. You know, when we talk about future proofing, like that's a dynamic that we have tried to capture here. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it's actually a great statement. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll do a political statement, right? If we have a certain set of truths, then we can sort of collectively opine on those truths, right? And what we've seen actually politically is that, well, actually people can make up truths but as long as they have a group of people, that an audience that sort of agrees with the truth they've seen, then they can communicate around it. And really what our system is, is a set of truths for your business. Is these are the things that you all collectively agree on. These are the realities of your business. Now, given these realities that we are all looking at the same thing, let's not only communicate around it, but collaborate opine on it and make actually decisions based on those set of truths. That's all the same to everybody in the company. This has been the Future Proof Podcast. Thanks for listening.